right. <laughs> All right, here we go, episode two of the MFB podcast. I'm here with uh, Nick and Todd. Oh, I'm sorry, uh, that was Nick. Todd. And this is oh, you done. I like get the swoosh. And this is Luke. All right, now we got that out of the way. Unfortunately, Warren isn't with us tonight, but we'll catch back with him later. All right, so. This past week, well, today is, what's the date? 22nd, February 22nd, 2019. Um, this past week, me and Warner, Warren attended Monday Night Raw. And I have to say, if you have never been to a wrestling event, I suggest you go because it's fun as hell. Um, and. I need some help, guys. I'm not the only one talking here. Uh, I mean, I, I mean, I've been to one wrestling event before in my life. It was in the Cage Dome, and I remember it was the era where Stone Cold had befriended Vince McMahon. And uh, I don't know if you remember, but his chant was "What, <laughs> what?" And I remember I had a poster and said "What," and I stood up to show my poster, not realizing that the seats folded back up behind me. Oh. I stood up, and said "What," and when I came back down, I smoked my head on the back of the chair. It was the only experience I've ever had in wrestling. Very expensive. So, um, I never been. I think I'll pass. <laughs> I'm just saying that WWE is very. They are very popular. They make a lot of money. Um, well known throughout the whole world. Not that many companies that can be known as that. Uh, I mean, their glory days. I think where it was the Attitude Era. By far the best wrestling I've ever seen. Not skill wise, but just the entertainment the factor. Skill, the yeah. Yeah, entertainment. I'm not sure what 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 time period was this. Uh, this was ninety seven to oh two. Yeah. Was it considered the attitude era? This is when WCW and WWE were going to war on Monday nights to figure out who was the best show. Well, I'll get into this later, but I would probably favor WCW. Okay. Um, and it was a time where, uh, you know, it was like the PG-13 era of TV, and they got away with a lot of things on both shows. Today, you, they wouldn't wouldn't get away with it at all. But um, I was seven, so I don't really remember it. <laughs> I remember, I remember when like Stone Cold would come on TV, and they would have a girl on there, and my dad would make me turn away because she was wearing something inappropriate. Can you describe? Uh, you know, like Sable, Brock Lesnar's wife. Yeah. Uh, she took her shirt off, and she had handprints covering her nipples, <laughs> stuff like that. You know. Okay. Okay. <clears throat> but anyway, uh, since we're on this subject. What would you guys consider your favorite three wrestlers of all time? Uh, Nick? Uh, well, <clears throat> I'm, I'm, I'm going to start off with, uh, you know, I was definitely a WWF fan. 
Uh, I think I lost a lot of interest when it became WWE. Uh, I felt like it was more, you know, directed towards family, so I'm definitely a, a, a fan of the Attitude Era. Uh, I mean, I'm a typical wrestling fan, you know. I like The Rock, Stone Cold. And even though he wasn't a good guy, I like Triple H. Did. Uh, okay. I, I think he was probably one of the more talented of the Attitude Era wrestlers. You're just going a little off topic, you know. Uh, I was a WCW fan. I like Kevin Nash. You know, that was just that was one of my, one of my I guess just him walking over the top rope to get into the ring had a lot to do with it. You know? I mean, uh, I mean, that'll do it. I remember, you know, the biggest the biggest wrestling matches of the Attitude Area was you know Rock versus Stone Cold. Uh, I mean, they were two of the biggest in the business. Uh, and I remember listening to a Creed soundtrack uh, when they were advertising for it. Uh, for a match between those two uh, on TV, you know, we never got pay-per-view or anything, so I never got to watch WrestleMania. But you know, it was something that I always wanted to watch. But I mean, you know, I think I'm more, you know, more of a typical wrestling fan. You know, I'm not really too much into, you know, into hardcore. You know, just yeah, more of a, a not a frequent watcher. It's more of a reminiscer as to the time that I like, you know. So, well, if you could rank those, uh, <laughs> was that your order? Uh, in that order, yeah. Rock, Stone Cold, Triple H. So you one, two, three. Number one. No, 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 no. Rock number one. Oh, okay, okay, okay. That I do changed, have to say that the Rock is my argument. Yeah, yeah. The Rock is probably uh, a definitely very most, good entertainer. Definitely the most successful, I think, out of anyone. Well, yeah, he is he probably the most successful. Um, Stone Cold was just like a typical guy, I guess. I don't know. You know, here's a fun fact about Stone Cold. You know, Stone Cold always drank his beer on stage, but in actual real life, Stone Cold hates beer. He's a wine drinker. Yeah. Which made me lose a little bit of respect for him. Don't beat me up about under, Stone Cold under, if I ever meet you one day. I'm just saying. <laughs> Nothing like watching Stone Cold drive a beer truck down there. Oh, that was probably the <laughs> highlight. That was the highlight of the Attitude Era right there. Yeah. And spraying down. And then when um, he was just just one of those guys that had the charisma to be one of the best. Yeah, I mean, definitely. his career was definitely shortened though, because no, he was never, <clears throat> he was never the most athletic. No, he wasn't athletic. That that era really wasn't about athleticism. No, it was more of the acting and entertainment value. Yeah, definitely, definitely. But I mean, he was one of the biggest of his time. Yeah, you know? yeah. And then, definitely a hall of famer. Well, yeah, he is. And then uh, Triple H. Uh, I have the biggest problem with this one. <laughs> he was just the douche. <laughs> I mean, I get it, man. I get it. But like I said, I think he was probably one of the, you know, out of the bigger, you know, more more widely known wrestlers, he was probably the better of the wrestlers. Technically, Besides The Rock. I think, I think The Rock is definitely a little better athlete. You know, coming from his football background with, you know, Miami, so. Yeah, I, I think, I mean, Triple H, Triple H, he was a very mediocre mid-card wrestler uh, in the beginning. Um, and then he kind of started slowly getting there with DX. And uh, when he was with DX, I mean, that was probably some of the best stuff yeah, he had. Yeah, oh, yeah, definitely. And then, I mean, once he went solo, and then, like, 
hate to say this, but I think ever since him and Stephanie McMahon, I mean, it did help that he was with her. Yeah, of course. Of course. I mean, and then today, he's still, he's the, the COO of WWE, and he's in charge of a lot of things now in the background, so you don't really see him anymore, but he's still involved. Definitely didn't age very gracefully, I must say that. <laughs> uh, I think I saw something, he's only 51, I believe. Yeah. Actually, seen him. We seen him Monday. He came out for a little while, but it's more of a talking role now. Yeah, yeah. He, he it's actually more of the old Vince McMahon role. Basically. Yeah, he actually wrestled last this past summer and tore his pec and was out. So he's been out. I think he just got cleared actually. So, um, Todd. Uh, so we're going to just keep roasting Triple Eight. I just his finishing move was, was oh, the pedigree kind of, man. I didn't like it. It's understandable. I mean, it wasn't very believable. I find. No. But nobody would really hold their face after, but, which I think would be the first thing that would be hurt yeah. after that move. Yeah. Yeah. yeah it was, uh, there'd be some serious injury if it was... Uh, it, was it didn't have that... that it fat. wasn't explosive. Exactly. Like the rock bottom. Or the stun, throw the stunner. stunner. I mean, yeah. Which yeah. is basically, you know... A regular wrestling move to everybody else, but it was it was his special move. Yeah, exactly. They all modified special moves yeah. to make it their finisher. When someone else did it, it wasn't Stone Cold Shoulder. They were getting their <laughs> jaw slammed in. Yeah, theoretically. <laughs> I, mean, I mean, I you know you can just picture it like you know when when you know when when the Rock's about to rock bomb somebody, you see all the cameras start going off in the crowd. Yeah. I mean, dude, yeah. and when he's and when they're in midair, the whole place lights up with cameras. You know, I, just, I never saw that it fact with Triple H, although, I, uh, like I said, I do think he's one of my favorite, you know, of that time period. And then we had the people's elbow, um, which was when he threw off that arm, man, you knew it was yeah, on. Yeah, definitely. It was electrifying, is <laughs> what the, they would used to describe it. Yes. Um, even the though all he jam. did was literally fall on you with his elbow. <laughs> <laughs> It was quite obviously not a physical move either, but it got the crowd involved. Um, yeah, I only have a problem here with Triple H. Yeah, it's understandable. I mean, he was definitely protagonist, so I'm not gonna. Yeah. And then I mean, you had Kevin Nash as an honorable mention. Yeah. Um, I liked it when he did the inv- like the invasion of WCW when he was the Outsiders with. Uh, Razor, Razor Ramon, Scott yeah, Hall. Correct, yes. That was the probably the best. He was really a big guy. That's all he really was. I mean, he wasn't that great of a wrestler. No, but He was I just mean, powerful, and that was cool seeing that. I mean, you look at all the powerful guys. You know, yeah. Kane, Undertaker, Big Show. I mean, those those were some of the biggest names. Those Except Nick's leaving off the number one. <laughs> and what would that be? That would be Bill Goldberg. Ooh. When you talk about big guys, you don't even mention Bill Goldberg, who is number one on my list. Because he was the good guy who would go up against Kevin Nash. He was the good guy that was me. The NWO, and he saved the day. <laughs> Undefeated streak, bro. It's yeah. like 133 or something. That's crazy. Um, Supposedly. Well, 
We don't see every match on TV. No, obviously um, not. So it could have been falsified, I'm sure. But I never saw the crowd react like I did with him. Um, you know, I mean, they showed his locker room when you, before he even came out. And everybody freaked out. Yeah. All you had to do was see his name on the door. Mm-hmm. And everybody freaked out. Mm-hmm. I would wake up on Saturday morning to watch his little match and... My heart would start racing because uh, I was like, oh, crap, he might lose. <laughs> His streak would be over. It was like watching your favorite NBA team in the NBA Finals for me when I was <laughs> seven. Um, uh, number two for me was Jeff Hardy. Um, he was just the high-flying, don't-give-a-crap, uh, kind of smaller guy. Um, and I'm sure if you've ever jumped on a trampoline, you tried to do his finishing move. Um, I know I did. I mean, dude, I think the Hardy, I think the Hardy brothers were, they were the, the best tag team I've seen in a long they time. They were the cage match, you know, tables, ladders, and chairs. That was that was that was their call. Uh, that and uh, Christian and Edge and the Dudleys, they made that. Yeah, the Dudleys. Yeah, yeah. yeah. The that's the just that's the one thing. My that, brothers uh, at all, if you ever seen them, but you know. Mm-hmm. Jeff Hardy's a good. That's a good number two. I'd see it. Uh, he's a very he's risk taker. I'd yeah, say. definitely risk taker. He put his body on the line for a lot. Yeah. And yeah. Still wrestling Probably to this one day. Of the most underappreciated ones. Sad. He's only won. Uh, I think one or two world titles with WWE. But that's just a popularity contest, yeah. basically. You know. And then um, my number three was tough. I didn't really have a third option, so. Uh, I'm gonna go with uh, Booker T. You know, he just he had the spin a Rooney. <laughs> Booker T. Again, he had things that you could, uh, you know, you go home and you tried it. Yeah, you, you know, you tried the spin a Rooney. You tried. I can't remember the name. But like the Swan I said, Tom was, bomb. You tried was, these moves. You know. I mean, it was basically a break dance. You know, break dancing was very popular back then, so everybody was trying. Yeah, it. but he just he had the hair. You know, he swung around. He was just that cool guy. Um, and like I said, that third one was tough, but uh, that's who I'd have to put in that slot. Uh, Booker T. He was a very good wrestler. He was uh, WCW. He was the five time, five time, <laughs> five time. Yeah, man. Uh, champion. So yeah. I mean, I, he been using that phrase for I can't remember when. So he never, he never got that sixth time. Yeah. <laughs> As far as I can remember, he was the five time, but uh, <laughs> I don't know the stats behind that. Um, and then uh, I guess an honorable mention for me was uh, Rey Mysterio and uh, The Rock. Um, we already discussed him, so Rey Mysterio, he was just... I liked Rey Mysterio, he was that little guy. He was the true underdog, you yeah. know. He, he started off at WCW... And he was little, cruiserweight, you know, small guy. And then pinnacle of his career was winning the world title and he'd in always, WWE. He seemed like he'd always be up against uh, the big show. Yeah, yeah. he'd, be he'd always guy. have to uh, climb that mountain yeah. to get to the top. And he, everybody was on his side. He was I mean, high, flying, flipping around. Yeah, um, that's his Mexican style, luchador. I, I almost yeah. want to put him above Booker T now. Because <laughs> I remember more about him. Um... You know, just the mystery behind the mask, and yeah, yeah, yeah. never knew. Uh, I mean, if we're talking about masks, though, what about Sting? 
I mean, Sting wasn't best face paint though. Oh, what? Uh, you never saw his face without it. That was actually yeah. that was, he was actually supposed to be on my list. I forgot to write him down. He came out with that bat. Uh, People were terrified of Sting. Oh, like he would clear a ring. He was the backbone of WCW, especially I, I, when the time when NWO was like there was too many guys I found in the NWO, and he was that one guy who wasn't a part of the, them and always re, uh, rebelled, and they kind of screwed up when they made him join. So I mean, yeah, he was good. He was one of the only wrestlers to be great and never really wrestle in WWE. He did wrestle maybe two or three matches at the end of his career, but that was just so he can retire and go in the Hall of Fame. But he's one of those guys that never really wrestled in WWE. Yeah. Speaking of NWO, really quick, um, my biggest beef with them was when they tasered Goldberg. Oh, yeah. That <laughs> and was it nervous. took about seven of them <laughs> to defeat him when he was 173-0. and 0. Yeah. Um, so I just naturally, anybody who was ever a part of NWO is kind of on my crap list. <laughs> so uh, huh? I did have I did have one. Uh, well, and Luke. <laughs> All right, I'm gonna start with uh, my my list. Uh, I try to look at uh, best in ring performer and mic skill. I mean, I, I'm a guy who watches it. I would say every week because I, I enjoy it. It's good entertainment. Yeah. So, I mean, I, I like it. I mean, I've watched it a long time. I keep up with it. But I would have to say probably my number three, Chris Jericho. He's been wrestling for a very long time. Started in WCW. Made his way to WWE. Then... Uh, yeah, he made his debut in WWE during a segment of The Rock, and he was the first undisputed champion. He's still wrestling to this day, still, and he's in his 40s. Uh, my number two, Eddie Guerrero, another WCW guy to start off, made his transition to WWE as a cruiserweight, and... Uh, he was just that guy that loved to hate, I guess. Yeah. yeah. Lie, cheat, and steal. And, uh, he died, unfortunately, I think at a young age. I think he had a couple more years left in him. Yeah. But he was very good. He was very good in ring, and it just so happened that the mic skills backed it up. And then my number one, if I'm talking about in ring and Mike would be Stone Cold. Uh, I mean, I think a lot of this. I mean, Stone Cold is a lot of on our list because he's just. If you think wrestling, you think of Stone Cold. Yeah, definitely. So, um, I thought Stone Cold was the uh, a poor man's Bill Goldberg. Uh, that's kind of harsh. <laughs> Wrong again, Todd. He wasn't sorry. as physical. He was kind of the bad guy a little bit. I still liked him, but Stone Cold was, I think, more popular than Goldberg. Um. Yeah, as far as WWF slash WWE at the time, probably, but. 
they were both really the face of the organization. Really, Stone Cold with The Rock, I think. Were, that was, uh, yeah, that was probably the best. For the longest TV. time, it was them two, and I think it was, you know, Goldberg, Hulk Hogan, and probably NWO yeah. for WCW. Um, but I really do think that, because I, I didn't really watch WWF at first. Yeah. Uh, my, uh, so when I saw Stone Cold, I just... Uh, I was like, oh, that's a fake Goldberg. <laughs> See, one of, one of my honorable uh, mentions, I have to say, is uh, he's AJ Styles. He's a guy who, TNA, uh, he was the face of TNA for a long time. And he's a very good in-ring competitor, like, one of the best I've ever seen. And... I mean, I'm trying to, but yeah, AJ Styles was probably my top, uh, my top for me, just because he was good. Um, I actually liked AJ Styles as well. Um, he pretty much got me into TNA. Um, he was the best thing to come out of TNA. I, found I, I saw it once. Uh, something got me hooked. Uh, I don't know. He had that cool finishing move, man. He would just Styles Clash, flip you upside down, and slam you. Um, he would just slam you face forward mm -hmm. on the mat with his, mm -hmm. not actually, but with his body weight on top of you. Yeah. Um, yeah, I actually like that move a lot. I don't really know what he does currently. He, he's currently and still in the WWE. Uh, he's in the WWE. He two-time, maybe three-time uh, champ. Um, he's kind of in the middle right now. It's about to be WrestleMania, so uh, they're trying to figure out where to put him at right now. But he's got a couple more years left, and he'll probably retire. Okay. Okay. Yep. So. Definitely do like him. Um. So, speaking of, you know, since we've been on the subject of wrestling and us growing up and stuff. Can I just mention some of the ones I really did not like? Who, who did you not like, Todd? Um, Ric Flair and Hulk Hogan. They were overrated. Um, they had horrible finishing moves. Um. I just didn't like them. <laughs> I don't really have a negative list. I mean, I mean, me neither. I I, I don't know if I don't want I really dislike that many wrestlers. It's just two. Yeah. I mean, they're both in their mind. That's Hall of Famers you're talking about. That okay, Hulk Hogan was a guy who I mean I, that was the 80s er, 80s early 90s wrestling that was what it was about he made when you think of that early of wrestling Hulk Hogan comes to mind and yeah. then Ric Flair I mean I, I think his career was a little tainted with this scandal with his daughter I mean if if she's gonna be a black guy you know at least make him a basketball player I mean mm -hmm. come on <laughs> oh, I'm not, gonna give Hulk Hogan a big uh so he's on your list too. He's not, no, I'm, I'm not saying he. If we're talking about wrestling career, I liked him. Okay. I, Just as a stand up guy? Eh. In the ring. <laughs> <laughs> I just. Ric Flair. Ric Flair was like more charismatic. Dad. Who yeah, just he didn't just know never. Him to get out. Dude, he was. He's probably still slapping somebody to this day. Uh, no, he's... Chest slapping? Yeah. Chops? <laughs> oh, God. They were Woo. brutal. <laughs> so. <laughs> <laughs> I 
All right, so back to what I was saying. Since we're talking about, uh, since we're talking about growing up watching wrestling, let's let's go on the subject of uh, you know just childhood stuff like growing up. Um, I mean, what our era is the '90s. We grew up in the '90s. Um, the early 2000s. I, I was, yeah, I was say early 2000s, 90s. Yeah, I mean, we grew up, we were in the, that transitional period to where we are now, you know. Uh, I still remember, as a child, getting our first computer. That was pretty big. Dial-up internet. Y'all remember yeah, that? Yeah, yeah. No calls. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, no call. <laughs> I gotta go play my game and the AOL chat. And, yeah. Yeah. Um, you can't talk to nobody, though. Yeah, I still remember that. I remember this baseball game I had for it. It was pretty fun. Just that was innovative back then. Yeah. I mean, you can't <clears> talk <throat> about old computers without pinball. Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Well, that was for the kids like me who didn't have internet. Yeah. <laughs> that, that well, yeah. that's what you played when uh, you needed the phone. phone. Yeah. And yeah. So it was the natural go-to. That for paint, you know, paint, paint. <laughs> oh yeah. Just paint. draw some cool stuff on paint, man. Yeah, bro. I could not do Minesweeper. Mine's sweet for you. I, didn't I still really don't either. get it. Solitaire. Um, yeah, I can go some solitaire. Solitaire was okay. I mean, it doesn't never change. Yeah, it's I still guess. the same. It's been the same since. We also seen the like the boom of like the video game era too. Yeah, video. yeah, definitely. Like the more the the modernizing of video games. Yeah, you know, like we've been, we've been part. You know, our generation has been such a big part of change. In technology. Yes, we were a big jump. Because, like, I remember, so, the Nintendo NES came out before we were born. Correct. And it was my dad's. uh, And I played that thing, Mario and Duck Hunter. That was was the stuff back then. And then I remember, I can't remember exactly when, but I remember when I got my first Nintendo 64. Tell you what, though. Nintendo 64... That was some cool stuff. Um, Probably the Golden Eye, the biggest oh, dude. Golden Eye, Golden Eye. Was, that was the. You see, the thing is, if you knew the pattern, then you could just, as soon as you kill somebody, you could go to the spot where you knew they were gonna respawn and kill them again. Yeah, and the Golden <laughs> the Gun. Simplest game, but it was just, it I, was fun. Man. I did get them a little mixed. That was the blue. Was that the blue cartridge? No. no, it was like black and it had James Bond on it, you know, on the yeah. side. Okay, because I played the blue one. I don't remember um, the blue one. I, I just had Golden Eye. Yeah. And then Mario 64. Yeah, yeah. And Mario Kart. And the introduction of a pretty popular game that's still today, uh, Super Smash Brothers. Yeah, yeah. I, I think it actually made like, yeah, it's, it's more resurgence now. Yeah, because, you know, retro video games I find is coming back. They, oh, like definitely. people always want to get their old school systems out and play those. I mean, I have an old sixty four and I have a NES and I actually have an Atari, but the, I don't think the Atari works. I think it's just something with the classics and yeah. the originals. Uh, well, old is not gonna. You're not yeah, gonna, that's that's yeah. the way it is. Yeah, yeah. and it just comes down to the fact that those were just. The bet. I mean, nowadays it's they're fancier, but they're not necessarily any better. They're not durable. Like they used I mean, to. they what we had back then paved the way for what's there now. Exactly. Yeah. I tell you what, though, Nintendo is a big company. Oh, definitely. <laughs> they own everything, man. Pokemon. They own some of Pokemon. Pokemon got really big in the nineties. Oh, definitely. It actually started off. 
uh, with video games. I didn't really, I actually didn't really know that. I thought it was uh, the TV show first. But, uh, um, yeah, Pokemon, it was, came out in 96, the original games for the Game Boy. Yeah. Uh, red and blue. And it just boomed so much that uh, they came out with movies, games, just is the best top-selling toy brand, trading card game, um, best adaptation of a video game to a show. They make over $90 billion in revenue last year. Yeah. Nintendo is just ridiculous. Actually, that's just Pokemon. I'm sorry. Pokemon itself. That's crazy. Well, I mean, it's also real big in other countries. Yeah, that's, that's the thing. That's the thing. It started so off in Japan. Worldwide. Yeah. That, you know, you don't just have a strict audience of just kids in the United States. No. You know, it's just a... And it's still going to this day, you know? Yeah, very, very much so. And I think it brought a lot more people in when Pokemon Go came out. Yeah, because you I could do it I think it brought out the kid and a lot of people, and it really brought that love back. Yeah. Uh, me, personally, I've never been a... I've never, I was... I had Pokemon trading cards. I was never a real big fan of it. I think I just did it because other people had it. You know? Yeah, and I'm yeah, like, yeah. You know, you always want to fit in. I mean, I had, <laughs> I had, I had a lot of Pokemon cards. I, I had the whole first, I guess you would say, um... Generation. Generation, yeah. yes. First generation, I had every single card. Uh, I had it in this book that I had it alphabetically. Well, and numerically, because they had numbers on them. Correct, numerically. Yeah. And my mom told me my strict code was don't tra trade any cards you don't have du uh, duplicates of. So I kept it like that. And as I got older, I got dumber and got rid of all my cards. Yeah, well, you know, you live and you learn. Uh, and we're going to take a quick break here. We'll be back in just a few. Uh, and we're back. Uh, we're just gonna quick, you know, pick up where we left off at. Uh, you know, we're just talking about, you know, '90s and you know, kind of stuff that we grew up in. You know, maybe some of you that are listening, you know, can kind of relate to. Uh, we're actually just talking about, you know, how big Nintendo was, and you know, Mario. Yeah, I mean Mario. Mario was, I think, it was a staple. Mario is the the pioneer for best all-time video game, <clears throat> and Pokemon is right behind it. I mean. That's yeah, I mean, not opinion. Still, that's fact. It's still, I mean, it's still relevant today. They yeah, have Mario still coming out with new games. Yeah, well, they didn't do too hot in the movie era, but Mario movie. I mean, the Lego. Well, Lego made a Mario movie, I believe. I don't know about that one. Are you sure? Yes, Lego. Okay, that's another thing. I grew up with Legos. Legos was my thing. I always got Legos, built them, whatever. Even in the uh, dog after. Yeah. Uh, they make uh, close to uh, 37.5 billion Danish crones, which is equivalent to about 570 million U.S. dollars. It's a big market. They are crones. Yeah, that's what it says on online. <laughs> a Danish crone is that's what it is. Yeah, it's there. Yeah, it's a, uh, Legos was invented in uh, Denmark. Okay, uh, okay. It's a Danish toy. Okay, okay. That's what that's what I was looking for. I just didn't know where that. Is. Yeah, yeah. I've never heard of that one. Eighty-six years old. 
That's how long ago wow. Legos yeah. have been around. People have been stepping on that hurting their foot for 86 years. Yeah. So it's crucial. And they they've been coming out with all those Lego movies and everything. Yeah. I mean, I think the Lego movies actually do really well. In yeah. Theaters. The Lego Batman was pretty good. Yeah. <laughs> so that that's something I kind of play uh, grew up playing with. I mean. Uh, I'm gonna go to probably a little less popular toy. Uh, talked about it before. Uh, Beyblades, man. Uh, I think. Uh, <clears throat> I think it's you know, those 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 things were cool. I, mean, I can I, I can remember that in you know when I was in fifth sixth grade you know bringing bringing my Beyblades to school because I was a you know student care you know after school care and we would play them things from three thirty till five o'clock when our parents came pick us up. Uh, I'm sure you know y'all have had you know, the same oh, thing. I've I was had... actually, uh, I, I thought they had went away, and it wasn't until this past year where at a family function I seen some of the little, the younger kids in the family were still playing with Beyblades. And now they're a little more advanced nowadays than they were back then. Uh, I think they were better made back then. Yeah, you know, most, of it, metal, yeah, most of it is plastic now. Most of it is plastic now. I've actually never played with any until. Christmas of 2018, <laughs> when my nephew introduced me to him. Um, I mean, I hopped right in it like I was riding a bicycle. Um, it's not really hard. It's, I mean, it's like basically a top yeah. spinner. Well, basically. he couldn't touch me. <laughs> he is eight. <laughs> yeah. I like the fact that you could just build build them the way you wanted. You can add a piece of this one, add a piece of that one. That was pretty cool. He tried that. It never worked. <laughs> um, he said, hey, it's not fair. Let's mix it up. So we did. and He had to show me how to put it together. Being yeah. I've, Actually, I've never had them growing up. So I know there was a TV show. I think there actually still has there's a TV show today. I'm not, I mean, I'm not too familiar with it. Uh, but it, yeah, it's, it's still around, I believe. Yeah, definitely. So. Uh, One of the things I remember... Going back to the gaming, it was Tony Hawk Pro Skater. Um, can't tell you how many hours I played on that game. I mean, I was a kid, so I mean, it didn't really matter what you do with your time. But uh, you know, the, the demo videos at the beginning of the game where you do these crazy tricks, you'd always try to mimic it. I mean, I, mean, I just played it on Nintendo 64 through Game Boy, uh, PlayStation 2. Um, you know, and then after that, we pretty much caught up PlayStation 3. You know, the technology didn't get that much better since then. Um, it's evolved, but uh, I mean, I don't find it's gotten exponentially. Uh, yeah. The best thing is about the graphics and. Well, and but as far as the gaming experience. Yeah, 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 I know what you mean. I don't think, you know, you're using basically the same controllers. I mean, the coolest thing now is online play. Yeah, I mean, I mean once they introduced online play, I mean, that, that, that kind of stepped it up a big, big level. Uh, I mean, we can revert this back to James Bond. Yeah, because I remember playing. I mean, I know, think. There'd be three of us and we'd be playing. Split screen. Yeah. You cheater. I think that was, you know, uh, one of the... Stepping stone. To get that's where Call of Duty, really, I think that's where they really came into, uh, you know, fruition with that, um, you know, that style of uh, gameplay. Uh, as far as the first person shooter against someone else. Yeah. yeah. It pioneered with uh, James Bond. And, I mean, now... 
still here basically with Call of Duty, uh, Battlefield, those type. Yeah, I'm not a big Fortnite guy. I mean, I don't really play video games that much anymore. Every once in a while, I'll get on Call of Duty or something. But <coughs> I don't really play video games that much. Not like I did when I was a kid. Yeah. At the time. Well, I mean, yeah, we've all grown up and have our own responsibilities now. But with that being said, I mean, I tried to be hip and cool. I tried Fortnite. <laughs> uh, I just couldn't invest the time. Uh, yeah. I couldn't put in the time to get as good as... Everyone else was, and I mean, when you die, it's you not gotta, very fun. Yeah, <laughs> to restart, you don't come back like you do in Call of Duty. So. Yeah, I know that Fortnite and the people who made it, Epic Games, they made the most money for a video game company last year. Just seen that fact, I think yesterday maybe. So I mean, they're doing something right. I don't know what it is. I don't. I just didn't get into it. I mean, I believe yeah, I mean, cracked the hundreds of hundred, uh, at least a hundred million. I believe. Yeah, no, it, it's it's up there. I know that for sure. Yeah. Because uh, now Fortnite, you can play on any system. And yeah, I mean, it's cross-platform and yeah. on your phone now and everything. <clears throat> I, I definitely think it's probably the most revolutionary game. For, I mean, probably going back to Mario. We haven't just, had one that's changed the playing field like Fortnite has. I mean, they had a, a an event where I think it was Marshmallow. Yeah, I seen that. He did a concert. He had a digital concert in Fortnite. Yeah. Um, you know, he was mixing up the music with you know in the actual game. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and you had to go. You, you know, you could attend the concert or whatever. Yeah. Um, I seen something about that. So I mean, it's just we're just this is just the beginning. Oh. It, it it's going more into that virtual reality. I Correct. Think, yeah. Because I know one of my games I have for my PlayStation Four. <laughs> think about it. I have a yeah, I got PlayStation Four. Yeah. yeah. Uh, it has a VR setting, and I could play the game virtual reality if I had this setup. That that's the next step. I think it's going to be the big step is VR experience. So. Um. And I think I want to say probably five, six, seven years ago they tried they tried three D technology in gaming, and I I don't think I think that flopped pretty hard. Yeah. Um, I think that was the first stab at them trying uh, the VR experience. Yeah, the virtual yeah. reality. So uh, you know they they came out with the TVs too. I don't think that was a big hit because uh, you don't really see it anymore. No, three D um, TVs I just don't get. I mean. I get headaches from. I can't even go watch 3D movies anymore. I get headaches. Yeah, it just you get you focus. It, the focus is off. Um, you know, you're focusing on watching the stuff move instead of the movie. Yeah, and you know, the equilibrium is thrown off. Um, so, you know, talking about this modern stuff. Um, we're going to introduce a new segment. To this pilot episode number two. Yeah, we're gonna end each each podcast with this new segment we have. Um, it's gonna be called "What's Trending," no matter how Kardashian it is. <laughs> the All second right. part was for the Kardashian. <laughs> so, first first subject. Uh, this is breaking today. Uh, Robert Kraft, the owner of the New England Patriots, was arrested for soliciting a prostitute, supposedly. This is all, there's no criminal charges yet charged, but 
brings to light what was really going on over there in Jupiter, Florida. Uh, I'm just going to throw this out here. Uh, I, I, I don't know the, the demographics of exactly where Jupiter, Florida is, but I don't think it's too far away from Miami. Uh, and we all know Miami is in the same... <laughs> the same uh, division division as the Patriots are. Uh, I think that might have had a lot to do with the fact that uh, he was caught. Uh, now, I'm just going to say, I'm going to put on them here. What is Robert Kraft? 84, 85 years old? Oh, I don't know if he's that old. Uh, I know he has a young wife. Uh, he's mad. I'm just saying, uh, I don't think the old Robert Kraft, pre Meek Mill, Robert Kraft. <laughs> But, uh, yeah. Uh, I mean, we're talking about what? It's the meat meal curse, I guess. 100 miles away from Miami, Florida? Maybe, yeah. Uh, when you call it a massage parlor. <laughs> I mean, you got all this money in the world. Your team has multiple Super Bowl wins. You're known. Why would you tarnish your reputation with, uh, with being caught up in something like this. I'm sorry, he's 77 years old. Born June 5th, 1941. Thanks for the fact check. And I, I was going to say, maybe it's because he's 77 and he doesn't care anymore. Yeah, that is. I mean, he has his Super Bowl rings. Um, and, you know, probably when you're in the middle of it, you don't think you're going to get caught. <laughs> yeah. I mean. um, you don't ever see anybody apologize until they get caught. <laughs> yeah. Like, who comes out and makes a public apology, you know? Before, like, I'm sorry I took steroids. <laughs> oh, you took steroids. Um, when? <laughs> uh, I get it. Uh, I mean, I mean, what do you guys think? I mean, uh, I... You know, you can't really say what really happened until all the facts are out. I mean, of course, his party is denying all... Yeah. You know, um, legally, like they should. Yeah, yes, exactly. So we don't really know. It'll be a couple of days before we can really figure out what really happened and stuff like that. You know, what really happened? Who, who else was involved? Jerry yeah. Jones. <laughs> you know, just because they, they they did say that there was another high-profile person also caught. We didn't. I I, I know Todd had mentioned it, uh, or no, was it somebody else mentioned it? Uh, somebody else high-profile got caught. They didn't say who yet. Yeah, but we'll find out in the next couple of days. And, and they said it was a bigger name than Robert Kraft. And, and there's, I mean, it's kind of hard to imagine a billionaire being called. I mean, how much bigger can it get? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, a bigger billionaire? <laughs> Jerry Jones? Uh, I mean, I wouldn't, I definitely wouldn't put that past old Jerry. Uh, <laughs> so one of his oil rigs to just go, you know, have a free day at the spa, you know. Hey man, look, dude, you're 77 years old. I mean, get it, get it while you can. You know, I mean, yeah, I don't know. if you're still that old and that active, hey, we'll probably do you, dog. I'm kind of jealous. I'm not gonna lie. I mean, I mean, you know, he's getting some blue too, though. Um, I mean, it's that damn championship uh, chain he got from McMill now <laughs> that he's always wearing. Jesus, it'll change your life. Uh. Um. You know, he, he denies his allegations, and, um, just like Jesse Smollett, um, who basically faked, he staged a hate crime, or I guess it'd be a double hate crime since it was against blacks and homosexuals. Um, 
Uh, you know, he was just trying to make good attention. I mean, I think. is is there an agenda behind this? I mean, is uh, this yeah, actually out the agenda? That was publicity stunt to yeah. try to advance his career and increase money. his salary. Um, I mean, it's obvious it backfired. Yeah, yeah. Um, well. criminal charges and everything. I mean, that's a pretty serious <clears throat> matter. You know, you, you don't. It's you a don't, felony. You don't fake something like he that. Just, he just tanked his whole career. Yeah. Because yeah. he's done. I mean, they just dropped him today. I think today they just yeah. dropped him yeah. from Empire. Yeah. Uh, I mean, I didn't really watch the show. Well deserved, that. definitely. Uh, um, I mean, I don't care how much money you have, you should pay for your actions. Yeah, and, and it like, me. even like Reverend Al Sharpman was like, if he's lying, there should be consequences. So there's going to be some kind of consequences I mean, coming out of this. There should be. I mean, you get caught in a lot. I mean, it's the same thing, and I know this is a touchy subject for everybody. Uh, we're talking about hate crimes like this but I mean you have a woman that calls rape and it comes out that she's lying that is ruining your I mean life. I, I believe that she should get the same penalty as he would have if you know they found him guilty yeah, I agree you know I mean I think that would definitely you know I understand why they don't because women would be scared to come forward more scared but where do you draw the line you know, and you know something else with this crying wolf. You know, it, these types of things really do happen. Um, so who's gonna believe the next person? Yeah. yeah. Um, and people who are actually like hate crimes, like they actually have been hate crimes committed on them. Sometimes it goes unseen, but just because of how popular and. How much of a celebrity this guy was? Yeah, it's it's a brought high, more to light. Yeah, they brought, yeah, it was brought more to light than the average person on the road. You know, yeah, it's a shame because that, that, that puts them, those people who have been struggling for a long time to for something like this to happen. You know, yeah, you know, how could you fix something like this when something like this actually happens to people in real life? Mm-hmm. You know, that's just probably as low as it could get. I mean, I, I just, it's definitely a double standard, you know, I, I think that it, it should be, it should be the same across the board. And next up on trending, no matter how Kardashian it is, there's this article that came out that, uh, PETA, they uh, facing backlash over this article they posted with Steve Irwin. Uh, it's actually Steve Irwin's birthday today. Yeah. And Google's doing this big thing with them, and um, yeah, it's his, he'd have been 57 today, actually. It's crazy. Crazy. Yeah, man. I know, man. It's going back to childhood, I mean. Yeah, I, that would, that might, oh, God. <laughs> Look, that, he, he was a man crazy of, dude. many men, you know. Yeah. I don't know anybody else that would jump on a wild crocodile. No, no, I wouldn't. No, <laughs> <laughs> no I'm out. I'm out. Uh, but I don't know about this article. I just know I mean, it was Todd, Todd, why don't you go ahead and read the article uh, that Peter posted? Uh, uh, well, the headline is... Uh, I'm just the headline. Uh, Peter is facing criticism after sharing some thoughts on the Google Doodle celebrating Steve Irwin. The group said the animation sent a dangerous, fawning message because of 
Irwin's actions. And the picture that I'm seeing, it, you know, there's Google in there. They have Steve Irwin's face so as one of the O's, and he's holding an alligator. Um, crocodile. Probably man. a crocodile. Crocodile. Because <laughs> he was a crocodile hunter. Uh, I mean, what is this? Uh, this 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 post that PETA had uh, put on Twitter. Uh, uh, they put uh, hashtag Steve Irwin was killed while harassing a ray. He dangled his baby while feeding a crocodile. I guess it was a crocodile. And wrestled wild animals who were minding their own business. Today, Google Doodle sends a dangerous fawning message. Wild animals are entitled to be left alone in their natural habitats. Alright, I think so, uh, we're all on the same team here. Yeah. We can say that we're not very big fans of PETA. No, not at all. Their uh, agenda is very skewed. Yes. Um, and before we end, we actually got in contact with our old boy Warren. He's, uh... Well, we're trying to, uh... And we're gonna take a quick break right now. Alright, we're back now. And, uh, Warren has joined us. Warren, how you doing, buddy? How y'all doing, man? Uh, well, uh, we're just, uh, wrapping up an episode, and we're making sure you're in here. Uh, get you a quick introduction, though, if you want to say something about yourself. My name is White Boy Warren. Um, uh, come to you live from my crib via the telephone. So I hear our topics about Peter right now. What's going on? Well, uh, we're doing our, uh, what was it, what's it called again? Uh, what's trending now, no matter how Kardashian it is. Yeah, we're going uh, back to the subject of, it's uh, Steve Irwin's birthday today, and Peter put this kind of messed up article uh, about how he just abused animals and stuff like that. And, I mean, it's kind of a shame that you they would do something like this on the guy's birthday. But what I don't realize is why Peter's going after a man who sacrificed his entire life to educate people and make known that, you know, um, these are endangered species. I'm just sitting here trying to educate people. I've even watched an interview with him uh, saying how, you know, he just wants to make a bunch of money and it doesn't matter how much money he makes, but it, he wants to take all that money he makes and make like a big wildlife refuge to try to help these animals. Why would somebody try to turn around and try to bash a man for doing great in the eyes of what these people are supposed to stand for and not only disrespect them, him, but disrespect him on the, I believe it's his birthday today, correct? Yeah, yeah, we mentioned that. So, what leg do they stand on? That's how I stand on it. What leg did they stand on? Period. I think today um, a lot of people just don't know what to hate on, so they just pick a topic. And somebody said, "Oh, look, it's Steve Irwin's birthday. Let's just bash on it." Yeah, yeah, and I just think you know, like I said, Peter on its basis, they have a good idea, but they they push the envelope too far. Yeah, um, they try to attack too many people when they need to worry about other things. Uh, such as animals. Yeah, well, more yeah, animals. If they would put the focus on that instead. Yeah, but I mean... But to, to bash a man who passed away uh, on his birthday, he would have been 57 this year. I mean, come on. Well, let's read this post out loud, shall we? 
Yeah. Uh, read it again. Hold on, we're pulling it back up here. Uh, okay, so... Uh, PETA posted on Twitter at Steve Irvin was killed while harassing a ray. He dangled his baby while feeding crocodile and wrestled wild animals who were minding their own business. Today's Google Doodle sends a dangerous, fawning message. Wild animals are entitled to be left alone in their natural habitats. So on Google, okay, they, uh, okay. But it's okay for Michael Jackson to dangle a baby off of a, uh, <laughs> the railing of a what, two, three-store building, whatever it was. But it's not okay for this man to take his family and introduce it to wildlife. It's the same aspect as saying as a man who shoots guns introduces his kids to a shotgun when they're eight. Who are you to judge that, man? I mean, I'm sure he did it as safely as he could. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I guess I'm going off a little tantrum and a little off-topic. Yeah, but yeah. I think the main key is this man has dedicated his entire life educating people and trying to help wildlife. It goes back to what I say. I don't think that uh, PETA has a leg to stand on on this one. Mm -hmm. yeah, they got people in China out there killing dogs and eating them right now. Yeah. yeah I you know, that. I mean, I think if anything, we're worse of people just, just wearing leather belts because they kill cows. I mean, you can, you can find topic on anything in this world that revolves around animal cruelty, that man, I don't find, um, Peter has a leg to stand on. That's uh, White Boy Warren's opinion. All right, Warren. Uh, quick, we got a couple minutes left. Uh, holler at your top three favorite wrestlers for us, because this is how we started. Top off. three favorite wrestlers. Um, no specific order. Uh, uh, Rick Flair, Rick Rude, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Probably in that order, I actually probably list them from top to lowest to top. Rick Flair, number three. Uh, Rick Rude, a solid number two, but a close second to Stone Cold Steve Austin, too iconic. Yeah, we got we got a lot of the same. Uh, Stone yeah. Cold was on about a lot of our lists. So. Rick Flair was on my worst list. <laughs> uh, yeah, well, haters are going to hate Goldberg. <laughs> well, we, uh, we'll, <laughs> we'll discuss that when you're in studio. When in studio, yes, indeed. All right, I guess that's, uh, we're going to call it a wrap. This is another episode of the MFB Podcast. Uh, we just want to thank Warren. Uh, we, he, he couldn't be with us today, but uh, you know he was able to answer a few questions for us uh, over the phone. And, uh, we appreciate you, Warren. Uh, Absolutely, hope to, guys. Hope to have you here next time, bud. Yes, sir. All right, this is Luke. This is White Boy Warren hollering at you live. Uh, this is Nick. And Todd, not the rod. Alright, y'all have a good one. And next time, we're gonna come with Colonizing Mars. Yeah, that should be an interesting one. <laughs>